What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Delving past the headlines. Sorting through the media bias. Exposing the propaganda. And challenging you to use your brain. It's time to tap into the truth. Yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed time to tap into the truth. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. Hope you are having a great day wherever you are and whatever it is you may be doing. With you as always, this is your ever-so-humble host, Tim Tapp, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Wanted to go over a few tidbits in the news today, and ordinarily, I do that nasty little mean thing that so many other folks in the media do, and that is tease you with the title, tease you with that main topic, and then talk about everything else and save that for last. But today's main topic, I decided, was a little more important important than to be put on the back burner. Bottom line is, is there really are more important things to talk about. This should not be today's main topic, but there is so much social commentary that needs to be discussed with this celebrity boxing match that's now scheduled to take place between George Zimmerman, a.k.a. Trayvon Martin's killer, and DMX, because y'all about to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. All right. So what is the deal with this? Okay. The long and the short, in case you've been living under a rock and haven't heard about this yet, is that George Zimmerman, in an effort to try and make some money, I suppose, and try to cash in on that fame and realizing that to a large number of Americans, he is already a villain, someone that people love to hate. And to another group of Americans, he is seen as a hero in so much as he was out there doing the community watch thing and then faced unwarranted and unjust persecution through the media and stood up to it and is still trying to fight his way through it. So depending on which side of the street you're on, depending on which side of the argument you're on, and whether you fall for the misgivings of the race baiters who are trying to keep us divided, or 
if you understand the importance of having people watching in your neighborhood, this still can't possibly be a good thing. Zimmerman understands that uh, he's in a position that this could be one of the most highly anticipated celebrity boxing matches of all time. You're going to have people that genuinely want to see both A, George Zimmerman step out, show some boxing skills, come away with the win, something to cheer for. And you're going to have people that are going to be rooting for DMX, who was selected by random, is my understanding of the process. Although something tells me some thought might have been put into this. Be wanting DMX to forget that it's a boxing match altogether. Some rough talk has already been exchanged. In fact, uh, let me read to you some of DMX's comments. Uh, DMX gave an interview to TMZ uh, not long after this match was announced. Uh, basically said he's going to beat the living crap out of him, although he didn't say crap. In fact, he used a four-letter expletive starting with the letter F. <laughs> he also said that I'm going to break every rule in boxing to make sure that I F him right up. Now, DMX, whose real name is Earl Simmons, also told TMZ that he would urinate on Zimmerman after defeating him in the ring. Quote, once I'm done with him, I'm going to whip out my penis, although he didn't say penis. going to whip it right out and piss on him. Now, DMX is known for his aggressive style of rap. Certainly had no shortage of words and comments. The hostility towards Zimmerman, of course, stems from the shooting death of poor, innocent, 17-year-old Trayvon Martin. This is uh, better than two years ago now. Now, the shooting and Zimmerman's subsequent acquittal last July angered many in the black community. The three-round bout will take place on March 15th, somewhere on the West Coast, at least according to the fight promoter. That would be Damon Fieldman. He was also interviewed, uh, in his case, by the Philadelphia Magazine. Fieldman, who was put on probation in 2010 in Pennsylvania for fixing fights, defended the promotion of the fight, but apologized at the timing of the announcement. Wednesday would have been Trayvon's 19th birthday. And hey, if he gets beat up, I give the country justice, Fieldman told Philadelphia Magazine. Part of the proceeds of the fight will go to charity, or at least that's what they claim. Although it's unclear exactly how much of the purse will be distributed. Part of Zimmerman's defense during his murder trial was that he was beaten mercilessly by Martin, leaving him with no choice but to shoot the teenager in self-defense. 
The owner of the Florida gym where Zimmerman trained testified during the trial that Zimmerman was just physically soft. Now on a poll on TMZ's website, 71% say they believe DMX will win the bout. When it comes right down to it, hard to imagine in an actual fight that DMX wouldn't. He is strong. He is in relatively good shape. At least certainly looks like it. (laughs) And by relatively, I mean he's in pretty good shape. Uh, I haven't seen Zimmerman since he started training for this thing, but evidently Zimmerman issued a challenge. He was reaching out. He was trying to get something. Had no idea who he'd end up with, but you know, his people... And I'm hoping he has somebody watching out for his interest at this time. Not just shooting from the hip, trying to find some way to stay afloat. Although I've heard it depicted that this might be the case. The actual fight itself, DMX probably will win. I mean, unless Zimmerman has really been training very, very hard and has become something that I certainly wouldn't expect... But in truth, who's really going to win from this? The bottom line is, if you do beat Zimmerman, and and I'm talking to DMX right now, if you do beat him, you haven't exacted any kind of justice. First and foremost, everybody still needs to come to grips with the fact that Trayvon Martin was not an innocent kid. It's been pretty well established now that his tea and Skittles is all part of some stupid way that these kids are using to get high. He was He's a hardened street punk. Zimmerman did the things he was supposed to do. Most of what you've heard in regards to being told to stand down and all that is not the case. More doctored and edited tapes. The 911 calls edited by the news organizations because they were trying to paint a narrative. They were so desperate to convince you that he was a white man who killed a black kid that they didn't bother to take the time to find out that he was Hispanic until after the fact. With a name like Zimmerman, you certainly wouldn't expect him to be Hispanic in any fashion, would you? The reporters didn't bother to find out. There was a reason why the cops weren't going to press charges, and it's not because the cops don't like black people. I've heard that excuse used, and it's just not the case. best thing to do here, if you really want to get at Zimmerman, is for nobody to take him up on this challenge, because this is going to get him more FaceTime, more fame than what he already has, or infamy, depending on how you look at him. It's a win-win for Zimmerman unless you kill him in the ring, in which case you will face criminal charges, because you've made threats. The only way this becomes a win for you or the black community is if you put Zimmerman behind you. DMX should have said no. 
Should have said, nope. This guy, he's not worth it. Let's move on. That's what DMX should have said. That's how America moves forward from the Trayvon Martin shooting. It's over. The trial's over. Let's move on. For those of you who felt that there was injustice here, then work to change the laws so it doesn't happen again. You want to try and take away, stand your ground laws, then work towards that. Now, I personally am an advocate for stand your ground laws. I don't feel like you should be forced to retreat. I mean, the whole point of being able to defend yourself, your person, your property, is that you should be able to defend yourself. Now, a lot of people have simply refused to acknowledge the facts. Trayvon Martin was not a regular in this neighborhood. He was walking unusually close to the houses, which had had multiple robberies in recent days. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that none of that matters, but that's BS. There's no way that it doesn't matter. How can it not matter? If it was some white kid walking too close to your house and uh, folks in your neighborhood had been broken into, would you then not want your neighborhood watch guy to follow him? And under the same circumstances, if everything went down, would there have been this big outcry? The media and the race baiters pulled together to try and get people upset about this. They continue to try. And this is only going to continue to fire and flame. Do we really need these flames of division to be driven higher? The only people that are going to win on this one are the people who don't bother to watch. I mean, I feel bad for George Zimmerman with everything he's had to go through. That's going to draw some hate towards me right there. I know I can feel some hate being sent towards me. But I do. I feel bad for him because I can tell you this much. If you take a person's life... It changes you. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances were. It doesn't matter how much they may have deserved whatever they get. Now, some people are cold. Some people are heartless. Some people are just out there. And it doesn't matter. But for most people... And George Zimmerman is somebody who had wanted to be a police officer. He was somebody who wanted to help his community, wanted to help his neighborhood, been involved with the Boys and Girls Club, had helped minority students through tutoring process. All this lost, forgotten, or ignored. Shooting Trayvon Martin is going to be in his mind 
for the rest of his life. It's going to be there when he closes his eyes. And it should be. It should not be an easy thing to take someone's life under any circumstance. He's had people gunning for him, if you'll forgive the expression, since this happened. No real peace is going to be available for him. If what Zimmerman describes as having happened is what actually happened, then he did nothing wrong in defending himself. Because he didn't do anything wrong in keeping an eye on Trayvon going through the neighborhood and calling 911 and giving the description of the kid as asked for by the operator. It's a touchy subject for a lot of folks. But a boxing match? What? What is this supposed to do? This is an opportunity for somebody to make some money. Somebody's going to try to make some money off of this tragic event where there was plenty of stupidity on both sides to go around. It doesn't make any sense for Zimmerman to do this, except for the fact that he's been pushed into a corner where he feels like he doesn't have any other options to try and make some money. doesn't make any sense for DMX to do this, except for the fact that maybe somehow he thinks he can be a hero in the black community. Is this really what we've come to think of that our heroes should be? I'm going to go avenge you by beating the crap out of you and then urinating on you and talking a bunch of smack to the media? I find it utterly ridiculous that we'd even come to the point that this is a possibility, but the celebrity boxing match has unfortunately become part of our culture. Fortunately, we don't have to endure them very often. But unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a way around them, at least not anymore. Be that as it may, despite the fact that DMX not only has already accepted and has started trash-talking, I would still implore both DMX and anyone else that might be tapped to take his place to bow out of this. If you really want to get it, George, don't give him this opportunity to make some cash. It hurt him a lot worse that way. He's trying to take advantage of the one thing he has left, and that is the animosity of others. Now, I don't care 
what your personal feelings about the case was. I've made mine pretty clear during the course of the cases that was going on. Coming from the standpoint of a lot of at least questionable and in some cases possibly even illegal involvement by the federal government and certainly by certain mainstream news media outlets if MSNBC can still be called that and I don't think they can a lot of involvement designed to get people angry and riled up and fixated on dividing the American people one of the things that I'm constantly trying to warn everyone about is those people that depend on dividing Americans. It's dangerous. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're dangerous, and they certainly don't have your best interest in mind when they do these things. I'm of the camp that tends to think that the acquittal was the right thing because there wasn't a violation of law under Florida state law. That's why the cops didn't make the move in the first place. And the acquittal in court was the right thing because there wasn't compelling evidence. It doesn't matter what you think, what matters is what you can prove and no one could prove anything any differently than George Zimmerman's account of the events if those accounts are accurate then it's true he didn't deserve to go to prison I don't know I wasn't there I haven't claimed one way or the other but what I'm telling you is that the system worked the way it should. The way you would want it to work if it was you sitting in that chair being accused. Because whether you are guilty or innocent, you don't want to go to prison based on circumstantial he said, she said, hearsay type evidence. You want them to be able to prove that you did something wrong. You don't want the media to convict you. You don't want someone from MSNBC to organize a march and come down and lead rallies against you and have the federal government pay for busing people from two or three states away to attend rallies just to try and persuade the court of public opinion. You wouldn't want that to be a factor in your trial. 
you think you know what happened? Uh, last time I checked, there's a reason why there weren't any eyewitnesses that testified in this case. If you know what happened, you should have had yourself in that courtroom and testified. Since that didn't happen, I'm going to go out on a limb and make the assumption that your feelings are based on emotional stuff that has been said to you rather than something that you actually know about what happened. If you step back and you look at it analytically, even Charles Barkley came out and said that the trial worked the way it's supposed to. And Charles Barkley is, well, he's a bit of a racist. I don't know if he's mellowing any as he gets older, but uh, I have heard him comment that he hates white people. Heard it directly from him. It's not accusation. It's not hearsay. That's something he said. And that's all well and good. I mean, I, I still reasonably like Charles Barkley anyway. I think he can be entertaining, and I enjoyed watching him in the NBA. I enjoyed... Uh, making fun of him a little bit when he played at Auburn. Uh, keep reminding you guys I'm a SCC fan down here. But uh, this is still, it's just, it's not a good idea. DMX. Man, please, I, I, I'm asking you, bow out of this thing. Let the people that are anticipating this fight know why, too. By you doing this, you only help Zimmerman, no matter what the outcome of the fight is. But worse than that, I mean, it, it, that's, your, that's your out. That's what you can say, and you can get out of this. And anybody else that's approached to take your place can use that as an out. And you won't lose standing in your community. You won't lose your thuggalicious street cred. Whatever it is you're trying to defend, when you come to an interview and make statements like you're going to F somebody up and then pee all over them and whatever else you want to say. Be tough with your words. Be tough with your actions. But, brother, let me tell you something. You're only helping George Zimmerman out. And if you honestly feel like this needs to be done, then you're going to hurt him a lot more by not. But the real reason why I would ask you not to do this Is because it doesn't serve a purpose. The only thing that it actually serves is to help continue to drive a wedge between different Americans. You're going to continue to further drive a wedge between the black community and the rest of the United States. That's why I wish you wouldn't do this. That's why I think this is one of the most ridiculous things to come along since Tanya Harding was going to be in a celebrity boxing match. That was pretty ridiculous, too.
I mean, maybe we should just do the old school claymation celebrity death match and see what happens then. At least in claymation form, nobody gets hurt for real. And you can make a joke out of it. This won't be a joke. DMX is going to go in there with the intent of trying to hurt George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman is going there with the intent of trying to have a boxing match, trying to get through three rounds, and trying to collect a payday. One that I'm sure he would like to parlay into other opportunities to get paydays. George, man, you need to find another way to make your money. This isn't good. This keeps Americans separated. This serves the purpose of the so-called progressives. We, as American people, need to be coming together more now than ever. Because we've got to push back against the overreach of this federal government that's getting way out of hand. And we can't do that as long as we're finding entertainment in a boxing match involving George Zimmerman. A boxing match being promoted as an attempt to provide some kind of justice that's been denied to this point. Our judicial system was served and it worked the way it's supposed to work. That's why it should be left alone and moved on. You got a group of people that don't want to let it go. I ain't saying forget it. I'm not trying to tell anybody that they shouldn't learn lessons from this. But what I am saying is that we've got to cut the emotional side of this out. We need to see what has went wrong and how to fix it. And we've got to stop finding excuses to separate ourselves from everyone else. This is supposed to be the great melting pot. Ask yourself, are race relations better, worse, or the same since Barack Hussein Obama became the occupier of the White House? If you're going to answer that honestly, you have to say that they're worse. So what's really the difference? The prominence of race baiters? The reemergence of people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton who have made a career out of behaving badly. Tawana Brawley ring a bell. This is all <laughs> ludicrous. Not to be confused with another aggressive styled rapper I'm begging you DMX please
please. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Write him back. Tell him you changed your mind. Say you're not going to help this guy. And then aggressively try to talk anybody else that might take your place out of being involved too because this is bad this is bad for the black community this is bad for America this is bad shouldn't have to make this out of social commentary but it is bad it's crazy it's just that simple it's crazy I mean, I'm I'm asking I'm going on the record right now DMX please say no don't do it. Just don't do this. This, no good can come of it. Not for you, not for Zimmerman. In fact, most likely the only guy that's really going to cash in very much on this and have anything good happen for him, the promoter. Because what else can he promote now since he's been busted for fixing fights? Really? Anyway, let's go ahead and take a break right here. And then, when we get back, we'll try and discuss some things that are of a little more importance. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Into the truth. Check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog post and for links to all of our past broadcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. That's Tap Into the Truth right here on Spreaker Radio. Folks, we are back. Thanks for staying with me. We are talking about uh, DMX versus uh, Zimmerman and the celebrity boxing match. I want to shift gears. I want to move on. In the grand scheme of things, this isn't an important story, but 
in a lot of ways, it is just based on the social commentary that comes from it. I don't like ducking issues. I don't like talking so much about the the race thing, though, either, because it's been done to death lately. So many people are wanting to use race as an excuse to behave badly. They want to use race as an excuse to attack other people. They want to use race as an excuse for being angry at somebody else. The truth of the matter is that there is absolutely no reason for race to be an excuse for anything in 2014. It doesn't help when we have so-called leaders, especially leader of the free world, so-called, trying to use race as an excuse for why some people don't like his policies. Of course, it has absolutely nothing to do with his policies, does it? He really doesn't seem to get that. I don't understand why. But the occupier, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama, really doesn't seem to get it. That it is policies. He doesn't seem to know what he's doing. He's never in his depth when it comes to actually doing the job of governing. Campaigning? Community organizing? Yeah, he can get a crowd whipped into a frenzy. He can read a teleprompter like nobody's business. Ain't no doubt. But Mr. Barack Hussein Obama wants to sit back and say, oh, well, one of the reasons why my poll numbers are going down is there's some people that are just upset about the color of my skin. Your poll numbers are going down, <coughs> Mr. President, and it, it hurt me to say that, but I figure maybe if I say it that way, somebody will help him to understand that I'm trying to reach out. Nah, uh, who am I kidding? That's not going to happen, and that's not really what I'm doing. But uh, your poll numbers that are going down, these are the people that previously had supported you. If the color of your skin was the issue... I think those numbers would have been lower at the starting point. I mean, don't you, my kind and friendly listeners, don't you think that if race had anything to do with it, the poll numbers would have started low and wouldn't have had much of a choice but to go upwards? As people said, hey, you know, that's not such a bad thing. Blah, blah, blah. It took Obamacare finally going online, and there are rumors floating around now that they're talking about potentially giving another extension, and a rather large one from what I'm hearing to this point. I will go into that when I've got something more concrete to go into, and you'll probably have already heard about it by then, but we'll talk about it. It took the Obamacare going online and people finding out for themselves, oh, little things like, there's not really any help for you in it. Before, a lot of folks that 
desperately wanted to think the best, desperately wanted to believe that this man was genuinely trying to help them. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to think that. There really isn't. The problem is, when you hear how he wants to try to help you, you should be smart enough to know that that just doesn't work. It doesn't. It's been tried before, and the problem with these social liberals and so-called progressives is that they all really believe the only reason collectivism and socialism and communism hasn't worked before, and they'll mostly... I say mostly, because there's still some exceptions. But most of them will admit it hasn't worked anywhere else. It has been a failure. That's part of why they don't want you to know history, so that they don't actually have to admit that. They can just go on and say, hey, uh, trust us, we can do this. But if you have some historical knowledge and you call them on it, you might get something like, well, yeah, but you see, that's because they were doing it. They genuinely think that they're smarter than anybody else that's tried it before and that they can make it work. And they need you to trust them to do it. They need you to give them permission. They need you to allow them to ignore the Constitution of the United States. That's what they need. That's what they want. This man has blamed everyone but himself for why things have went wrong. Mostly because he's at a loss. I do think that he is so heavily indoctrinated into the mindset of the uber-left that he generally believes that everything he's trying to do should work. That alone, however, does not excuse him. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the failure after failure. But... As more and more evidence comes out that he's intentionally misled the public, that is what's hurting your poll numbers, Mr. President. It's not Fox News. It's not Bill O'Reilly, who 
for the first time in the three interviews he's had to this point decided not just to throw lobbed softballs at you. He still wasn't bringing the heat. I still can't believe how excited some people were after hearing this interview. I had some people telling me, and I explained before, I didn't actually watch it. I'd seen O'Reilly with his interviews with Obama before. He'd had two previous. I'd watched both of them. I was terribly disappointed with how soft Bill was. I hadn't seen him be that soft with somebody that had so much to answer for. And I figured it would just be more of that. So I, it would just get my blood pressure up. So I didn't watch the interview. Went back and watched it on YouTube. And I still don't see what the big deal was. He became the first reporter to actually come at him with legitimate questions that should be answered. He didn't get any answers that were anywhere near the truth. Of course, we really shouldn't expect the truth. But, you know, that's a big part of what the remainder of today's show is about, is blowback from that interview. Obama has been criticized heavily, not surprisingly, but criticized heavily over statements that he made during the pre-Super Bowl interview with Bill O'Reilly. South Carolina representative Mr. Gowdy Trey Gowdy blasted Obama for prejudging the IRS investigation. Because we all saw Obama on national television make the statement that there wasn't a smidgen of corruption involved. Yet, as testified during a committee that's investigating the IRS targeting scandal, turns out that not a single witness has even been interviewed yet by the Justice Department. An attorney that represents a large number of conservative groups that were seeking to get their tax-exempt status, Miss Mitchell, she was testifying in front of a committee as well. She didn't hold anything back. She flat out told Congress that the Justice Department's investigation into the IRS uh, scandal is a total sham. In fact, it's not even existent, she said at one point. She didn't stop there either. She admonished the president's words in the pre-Super Bowl interview. She gave him basically what for. And rightfully so. The president, if you call him that, I'll still refer to him as the occupier, 
he made statements repetitively about how there's been several hearings. And yes, actually, that part is true. But most of those hearings have involved Lois Lerner pleading the fifth after making a statement. And it's my understanding that making the statement the way she did actually negated her ability to plead the fifth. Because at that point in time, it's either just plead the fifth right at the beginning or you make the statement and then you open yourself up to having to answer the questions. That's the way it's supposed to work. And a lot of folks are saying that they will have Lois Lerner in front of them to testify in the future. And she can insist on the Fifth Amendment all she wants, but there comes a point where she will have to testify since she made those statements. Now, I don't know how that will play out. I think most of these guys will eventually lose their backbone. I hope not. And I want to personally thank Trey Gomers. Gomers. Uh, Gaudi. What was I thinking? Sorry. It doesn't do much good to personally thank somebody if you get their name wrong, does it? I want to personally thank Trey Gowdy for being a firm and staunch representative of the people, not just of South Carolina, but for America, because all Americans need to know the truth about what this administration has been doing with government agencies that are supposed to be non-political. They need to know the truth about what's been going on in regards to the Benghazi investigation. And the American people need to be awoken to the fact that no matter how many times Barack Hussein Obama or Jake Carney want to insist that these are all phony scandals, that they're just simply made up, that they're buzzwords around conservative talking points... Jay Carney actually said the word freedom was just a buzzword for GOP talking points. The insinuation there, my friend, in case you need it pointed out to you, is that that's all he or anyone else in this administration thinks that personal liberty is. Your individual freedom it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's a fallacy. It's a buzzword. I've got a buzz for you, Mr. Press Secretary. How about impeachment? How does that one feel? Do you, do you get a tingling sensation? Are you getting a buzz from that buzzword? Here's the advantage. In all honesty, I don't want an impeachment. I want this man put in prison for perpetrating one of the biggest frauds on the American people in the history of this nation. But in order to get that conviction and an impeachment proceedings could go a long way towards starting. Now I know right now even if the House did vote to impeach, you'd never get a conviction in the Senate. I know that. But that's not an excuse not to do it. In fact, the point is that things that are being hidden about Fast and Furious right now and 
things that are being hidden about the Benghazi investigation all being hid behind the veil of, quote, executive privilege. That executive privilege goes away when they start a full criminal-level investigation, which they would have the authority to do. They'd have to start producing the documents that they have been hiding. They would have to come across with information, or they would have to be able to explain why they are not capable of following the law and producing those documents and providing testimony, being available to testify yourself. So, vote to impeach. Start collecting the evidence. Don't wait until after the midterm elections upcoming, thinking that maybe if the GOP can take the Senate, then you start impeachment proceedings, thinking you have a chance then at getting a conviction. Don't wait with what would turn up during the course of that investigation, I promise you, impeachment would no longer be an issue. The eligibility issue still looms over this president. This occupier of the White House. I think during the course of an impeachment investigation, the eligibility question would be answered once and for all, or at least I certainly would hope so. I don't understand why Obama doesn't move to settle the question anyway. I have a theory that he's simply trying to maintain his academic credits. There's no question he took financial aid as a foreign student. There's no question. There's no question that at some point his citizenship to the United States would have had to been given up in order to attend public school in Indonesia. You can't go to public school as a non-citizen. And Indonesia does not have any dual citizenship status. Barack himself has admitted he attended a madrasa in Indonesia, public school. That's one of the main reasons why so many people still think he's a Muslim today, because, because the Muslims that most of us are aware of who studied Islam and then converted to Christianity... They make it very clear that they're Christian. They have embraced it wholeheartedly. Uh, they still typically only do that when they know there's no chance of retaliation by their former Muslim brothers. Because in Islam, there's nothing worse than someone that converts out of Islam. But that's a whole other story. And we'll not get too far down that road. The truth about how much Obama did know 
about Fast and Furious before it happened. How much Eric Holder knew. It'd be enough not only to actually move an impeachment case forward, it'd be enough to get criminal charges put in place and have these people, and when I say these people, I'm including Eric Holder, who is a criminal, a gangster, and a thug. It's ridiculous to think that this is supposed to be the top law enforcement officer of the land when he's not capable of being colorblind. Justice? Lady Justice, you see holding a sword in one hand, a scale in the other, and she is always blindfolded. It's not supposed to matter what the color of your skin is. It's not supposed to matter how much money you have in your bank account. It's not supposed to matter how many people know your name when they see your face. In a perfect world, that would still be the way it was. We know this isn't a perfect world. The fallout continues. There's no question that the IRS was targeting Tea Party groups. They're anxiously trying to change the rules even now. Big news about the release of an email Lois Lerner had sent before this controversy started in an effort along with the Treasury Department to change the rules on the tax-exempt status so that they could thumb their nose completely at conservative groups. Sorry, no uh, no tax-exempt status for you. More evidence that the administration at a higher level than they've admitted to publicly was not only acutely aware of what they were doing, but they wanted to make it so that there would be no blowback on them later. And I don't care if you're pro-Tea Party, anti-Tea Party, or completely political neutral. You cannot tell me for a second that you honestly think it's okay for any part of our government to use departments like the IRS or Social Security or the NSA to target any Americans based solely on their political belief. More than half of the groups that were targeted by the IRS in this first round were groups that were solely focused on educating Americans on the Constitution. And there's a need for that. There are far too many people in this country that have no idea what the Constitution says. They have no idea what the uh, Bill of Rights say. They have no idea what the preamble says. Or why the preamble is important. Or why the preamble is not as important as some people would lead you to believe. Because a preamble simply explains what you're attempting to do. It's not the thing itself. It's just an explanation of the thing. Whether you're talking about the Constitution of the United States or 
part of a law or a county ordinance or what have you. Many of these things have a preamble. The preamble isn't actually the thing. Take the Second Amendment, for example. Uh, The Second Amendment starts out uh, saying something along the lines of the need of a well-maintained and regulated militia. That's an explanation of why they were having the Second Amendment put in place. It's not an excuse to say, well, only militia can have it. But even that's a false argument, and we've talked about that before, too. Who was the militia at the time of the framers? Everyone. They didn't want to have a standing army. They were afraid that a standing army would be a danger, would be a threat to the sovereignty of the people. Enough military people superiorly armed over the populace taking orders from one political person or deciding for themselves to seize power. See, they'd seen military coups before by this point in time. They wanted militia only. Didn't want a standing army. They wanted farmers and hunters and scouts. People that didn't want to fight, but who were willing to fight when it was necessary. That was the idea behind uh, politics at the time, too. They didn't want career politicians. They didn't want people that would get into politics at age 18 as a intern or a page and then get on staff with someone else and work as an advisor or a scheduler or a handler and then eventually run for some seat themselves and then work their way into the system and retire from the Senate at age 98. That was that was one of the things that was never conceived of by the founders. The idea was that more learned members of society, property holders, business owners typically, lawyers to boot, not that it was such a great difficulty to become a lawyer in those days. You read for the bar and then you'd be licensed. In a lot of states, that was all it took. Didn't have to have a fancy law degree, didn't even have to have apprenticed anywhere necessarily, but you could have. In fact, for the longest time, and I'm, I haven't checked in a while, but I know California still allowed you to read for the bar, as they call it. Don't have to go to law school. Just have to demonstrate to the bar association of the state that you have sufficient knowledge of the law to practice. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. 
And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It may still be that way in California. I don't know. They may have closed that loophole since then. Uh, last time I checked on that was around 2001 I think might have been might have been a little more recently than that so that might not be the case anymore but the fact is a lot of states and slash territories well, that was the way it was for a long time the envision was to have everyday Americans be drafted by their neighbors. They would pick up, they would serve, they would serve a term, maybe two, under certain conditions, and then they would get the heck out of Dodge, because they had a life to get back to. I'll expound upon that a bit more after this break. Stay with me, we'll be right back. What you what you wanted into the truth check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog posts and for links to all of our past broadcasts don't forget to like us on facebook and to follow us on twitter that's tap into the truth right here on spreaker radio Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm not sure I really conveyed what I wanted to convey in the first segment, Uh, going back and looking at it a bit. uh, Bottom line with the DMX versus Zimmerman thing is this is just poor social commentary. And, you know, this is something that really would be a great topic for discussion. Would love to be able to get other people to come on and say whatever, but it's a dangerous topic for concession. Discussion. Perhaps I should learn the English language before I try using it. It's a dangerous topic because it could get out of control real easy. Too many raw emotions still over the whole Zimmerman Martin issue. 
But this doesn't do anything to solve that. It only works to exacerbate it. As such, it's just a bad idea. I would ask DMX to drop out. I would ask George Zimmerman to drop out, but I know he's not going to. So, if these two are determined to do this, I would ask all of you potential viewers of this atrocity to just tune out. Ignore it. The promoter can only make money if people show up and if people are watching it, if the interest is high. And you know, maybe... Maybe I'm wrong in talking about it because that helps to continue the hype. But this was a hot topic today. So hopefully this will help to put some type of thought into the situation. So I'm asking you to think. No matter which side of this issue you're on, think about it. This serves no purpose. Let's make it clear that we're not going to put up with this crap because it is time for Americans to pull together to put some type of rein on this federal government that is out of control. The main point of the second segment today is that we've got to stop electing politicians. I was just building up to this point towards the end of the segment and you know it took me a little longer than I should have let it to get there but here's the deal. We've got to stop electing politicians. Who are you supposed to vote for then, right? That's the question you have? Well, when was the last time we took the time to get to know our neighbors well enough that we know which ones are smart, which ones are hardworking, which ones are suffering from a little additional level of integrity? Which ones don't really want to do it, but could do it, whether that it might be being on a school board, being a county commissioner, being mayor of a city, being a state representative, being a governor, being a U.S. representative, whatever the office you have in mind. We need to get to know our neighbors well enough that we can decide who it is among them that we really want. Because right now, the way it works, we've got two parties. We decide which party we typically lean towards, and then we typically vote for whoever ends up getting their nomination. We don't know that person. We don't bother to take the time to get to know them. If they're an incumbent, very rarely do we pay attention to their voting records. We Here, right here in our district, the district I live in, for our state representative district, a little while back we had a representative who had been in office for 12 years. They just serve a two-year term at state representative here in Tennessee. 
two-year term. You've been there 12 times. He's been elected six consecutive times. He had spent a good deal of his time in office fighting against a particular bridge. Most people didn't realize that because, again, they didn't pay attention to the voting record. It only mattered to those businesses on one side of the bridge that was afraid that they would lose some of the business that they currently had to similar businesses on the other side of the bridge. Now, the other side of the bridge connected to a different county. Therefore, the businesses on the other side of the bridge were a different state representative's constituents. So, acting in the best interest of his constituents, in this case the business owners, and don't get me wrong, I think that it's important that we work and strive to have a atmosphere that's conducive for small businesses. might sound like I'm leaning a little differently while I tell the story, so don't take me out of context too badly here. Protecting the business owners as opposed to protecting the individual citizens that actually might have wanted to go to the other side of the bridge and shop there and come back because they could get better prices. Which then would, of course, force the businesses on this side of the bridge to lower their prices in order to try and keep their business and lower them even more if they wanted to try and lure customers from the other side of the bridge. Well, he had an understandable political agenda. Protect those businesses, thereby protecting campaign contributions. So he spent a great deal of his time in those 12 plus years fighting against this bridge. But this bridge finally got built anyway. There was enough effort from representative for the other district and he built enough of a coalition among other representatives that he got the budget and he got the building and all the things that you do through committee and then getting passed and the way the legislature works and then going into an election year after this bridge was finished in an attempt to appeal to the populace who were in fact benefiting from the ability to easily go pay cheaper prices close to home claimed tireless effort in seeing to it that this bridge got built he made the claim in his campaign material And I heard during the course of this campaign, individual citizens, because I was out campaigning at the same time, I was attempting to become a county commissioner at the time. Not that that matters to you guys, just adding a little texture to the story. During the course of my campaign, I heard people talking about it, and there were people that were buying into it. They believed that to be the case. 
They saw the statement made in the campaign material and they believed him. Why? Because none of them took the time to look at the voting records. Now, for the former state representative in question, that was just politics. And the populace has a short memory. And most of them are oblivious to what's going on anyway. So he knew he could get away with it. And the folks that knew better, well, the people that he had believing him were going to believe him anyway. And the people that could be convinced that he was lying about that, well, they probably weren't going to vote for him anyway. So he wasn't concerned. And that's politics. That's that's the way the game is played. That's why we've got to move away from playing the game and start putting everyday citizens that don't want to go spend their time sitting in a county commission meeting, but that they're smart enough that they can do the job of governing. They don't want to go do it. They will, but they don't really want to. They, they'll do it to answer the call of the community. They'll do it to stand up on behalf of their friends and neighbors. They'll do it. They'll get the job done. Then they'll get back to their lives. Those are the people we need to start sending, especially to Washington, D.C. We need that more than anything at the federal level. It only makes sense to do that at the local level. It makes a lot of sense, although you do see career politicians getting started at the state level. We've got to start doing that everywhere. There should be a term limit of two terms for every elected position that exists in this country. You can go hold a different office if you can get yourself elected, but you should never be allowed to hold the same office for more than two terms. And it shouldn't matter if it's consecutive or not. You run for county clerk win this time get voted out next time two election cycles later you win again no you don't get two terms then you just get one more term because you've already served a term that's the way it ought to be period for everybody we need to make that the case that would do away with a lot of the corruption that you see no career in it a lot of the career minded folks would get out of it wouldn't get in it in the first place. Wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't be the best use of their time and resources. Stop electing politicians. Get to know your neighbors and start drafting people. Even if that ends up being you. If you're the best guy in your community, then go for it.
It's just that simple. I mentioned on here before that I intend on running for county commission right here. Again, I'm going to make another go at it. And because one of the incumbents is not seeking re-election, there are a ton of candidates now running for this office. When the three incumbents that who, who had been there were all running, two people challenged from the outside trying to take away a seat. This go around, one incumbent is stepping down. And for three seats, they're last time I checked, which I'll admit I have not checked today. So it could have updated, there could be more by now. But there were nine candidates who had picked up petitions. Now we still have some time left here to get those petitions turned in in order to meet the deadlines. I know some states, you've already hit the deadline. It was like you have from January until February to get done. I was uh, listening to another broadcaster. You can find her show in podcast form here at Spreaker, but you can also find her at her website Sarah Marie Brenner dot com. You can find uh, her podcast there as she has this constant loop going. Uh, but uh, regardless, the Sarah Marie Brenner show listening to her broadcast today and she was talking about how in Ohio the deadline was just a couple of days ago so you know the bottom line is in some states that window of opportunity to qualify very small and it's a done deal here in Tennessee we have until April so that's a lot of time to get your qualifying signatures together not really too many reasons for you not to be able to get on the ballot if you pick up a petition. I mean, maybe you decide you don't want to after you've took that step, but the, the bottom line is at this point, there's literally still a lot of time left for somebody who wanted to get into the race. You can still be kicking around the idea and not completely serious about it yet. So there's a great opportunity for people to step up and find out new, make a decision look at what's available, look at what you could do, decide to make a difference, or, like I was saying, pick one of your neighbors, along with some other of your neighbors. You guys get together and decide, you know what, this is really the guy we want to represent us, or the gal. Um, this is the guy, this is the gal, this is the person right here that we want to represent us on the school board. This, this person over here, this is the guy we want over on the city council. This lady right here, you know what, she sure would be a great mayor. Then, work to make it happen. That's all I'm saying. That's how we take our country back. That's how freedom gets reborn in the United States. By returning our government to a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Of and by are two very important things. It's of the people, meaning that it's the people consenting to be governed. By the people, meaning that we send our representatives who are people like us, not just lawyers, doctors, and actors. 
But business people. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And depending on the office, you know, there's nothing wrong with sending fast food managers. There's nothing wrong with sending uh, part-time student, part-time teacher substitute. There's nothing wrong with sending people that are actually going to have a better idea of what it means to be like you. But no more career politicians. Because they make a living out of polling and spinning and convincing you that they're going to do and say the things that you need to do. But the whole time, they're only working to improve their own situation. So no more of that. No more. No more. No mas. Guess I probably ought to change gears again because at this point I'm just harping on something that I've harped on before. But I mean, it's a legitimate point, and I just want to get it across. We do have options. Shoot, you don't even have to vote for the people on the ballot. We have write-in capabilities, even with the great new electronic voting machines. Run a write-in campaign for somebody that you really believe in. No more career politicians. That's my battle cry. And with no more career politicians, who does that help? It helps seniors. It helps the children. That'll be my new battle cry. It's for the children. Okay, in the process of switching gears, just as a mention, I found it interesting, and I think a lot of you folks will too, in case you haven't heard, veteran Democratic strategist James Carvel has been hired as a Fox News contributor. The former Bill Clinton advisor will be joining the network to provide political commentary Now, Bill Shrine, the executive vice president of programming, announced this move today, Thursday. Bottom line is, Carville is a Clinton guy. He was there for 
Bill, and he's definitely going to be there for Hillary. I don't think it's any coincidence as we move into that time of the year when the 2016 presidential election really has to be formed behind the scenes that Carville is going to go to Fox where he's going to make every effort to try and reach out to those conservative-leaning independents and possibly even offer Hillary up as a conservative alternative to whatever other Democratic candidates decide to come out of the woodwork. It's noteworthy just because Carvel spent time on Fox before as a guest, but hasn't been a contributor. He typically has stayed off the payrolls and a lot of these news organizations so that it frees him up to have FaceTime on all of them. Things change a little bit there. Also, uh, just in the news, not worthy of delving much further than looking at the headlines, uh, Clay Akins uh, has decided to run for Congress. Uh, personally, I don't really think that that's particularly newsworthy. Uh, I mean, it's Clay. He's free to do so. Why not? I've got nothing against him. Do you think that it's kind of funny that uh, that comments were being made along the lines of his music career won't be injured or interfered or hampered because he doesn't really have one anymore. Uh, that's just pretty funny. But, uh, you know, I suppose it's newsworthy. Uh, the truth of the matter is, though, as much fun as that is, one of the other interesting statements that's really been made is still kind of fall out from uh, fall out from the Super Bowl interview that Obama gave. It seems that uh, seems that Miss Pelosi you know, Mimi Pelosi seems that she was concerned about the level of disrespect that was shown to the president by Bill O'Reilly. Evidently, she was supposed to have an interview with Bill herself, had agreed to have one. Made the determination now, however, that she's probably going to have to put that off not for any scheduling conflict reasons, but just because she was disturbed. You see, Bill O'Reilly asked some legitimate questions, and, well, Mimi Pelosi's had a hard time getting through her daily show interviews. 
So, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea, uh, Miss Pelosi, if if you did avoid O'Reilly or any other legitimate journalist, for that matter. There are very few of them. But if you're going to make an appearance on a talk show that leans conservative, let me offer you an invitation to come here. I would love for you to spend uh, part of an afternoon on Sunday speaking to me. And uh, I'll ask you some questions and uh, we'll see if we can get any type of coherency in your answers because there's just not very many. Her statement regarding the interview was downright silly. Basically, she just said that uh, she was very concerned about the level of disrespect. Personally, I think Bill was far too polite. He asked the question and then he didn't press for any real answers and even went so far as to say that I don't think that you're trying to hurt the folks. Mimi Pelosi also uh, taking a little heat because she, like a lot of other folks on the Democratic side, are saying that uh, Obamacare allows workers to escape their jobs. Most people don't need to escape their jobs. They need to work, but the Congressional Budget Office says that Obamacare will take people out of the labor force. And that the law's supporters say that's a good thing. Now, in case you didn't hear, yesterday the uh, Congressional Budget Office projected that by 2021, the Affordable Care Act will enable more than 2 million workers to escape job lock. You know, that nasty little situation where workers remain tied to employers for access to health insurance benefits. Now, uh, Mimi Pelosi, in a press release, said, quote, The GOP seems to have forgotten that ending job lock has been an avowed Republican goal for years. Even a highlight in the Republican Senator John McCain's 2008 presidential race. What Mimi Pelosi seems to forget is the effort that the GOP was putting forward, that conservatives in general put forward in regards to ending job lock, is, yes, to allow you to be able to take a policy with you when you leave an employer. But that still means that you have to pay for it at that point. Doesn't always work out very well for the employer employee if they can't afford it. If you had a really great policy and your employer was paying a really big chunk of it, it's kind of tough to continue to pay for it, even if the new job's pretty good, if they're not helping to pay for it. Because, again, good health insurance is expensive. Health insurance has been that way for a while. 
So it's not the same thing. Okay, that's first and foremost. This, again, spin. That's all it is. Now, the Washington Post fact checker, uh, Glenn Kessler, piled on as well. Quote, look at it this way. If someone says they decided to leave their job for personal reasons, most people would not say they lost their jobs. They simply decided not to work. Really? Is that what most people would say? Yeah, I would give you that much, but you've got to phrase it differently. Because if you want to be real about it, if you want to tell the truth about it, then what you're actually saying is that if someone decides to quit their job, then yeah, you can't say they lost it. But that's not what's happening here as a result of Obamacare either. When people are forced between deciding if they're going to have to meet the requirements of Obamacare, or if they're forced to give up a job that maybe they like, maybe they don't, but at least it puts more money on in their hands and in their wallets, and presumably to their debtors. You know, the kind of thing that drives the economy. Buying things, spending money. You know, that whole nasty free market thing. Not that it's really truly been a free market in a very long time, but that's beside the point. Yeah. We'll continue with this right after this break. I'll be right back. Stay with me. Into the truth. Check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog posts and for links to all of our past broadcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. That's Tap Into the Truth right here on Spreaker Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for staying with me here. We're going to get right back into what we were discussing. We were talking about the numbers as released by the Congressional Budget Office. And 
this spin that certain politicians are trying to put on the projected job losses. So uh, let's get back to it. I'm going to jump right in. We just finished discussing job lock and how that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, the Congressional Budget Office reports that it isn't about job lock. The numbers demonstrate that the equivalent of over 2 million full-time employees will be better off financially if they quit work entirely. Not a particular job. So, basically, in order to get more taxpayer subsidies for health care, you're going to have to just quit working. An otherwise able-bodied individual who can work, who should be working to try and improve their situation, to be self-reliant and self-sufficient, to have individual liberty, would be better off, because of this law, not doing that. That's not freedom. That's dependency. Now, most of that effect, according to the CBO report, will be full-time employees moving to part-time work only because taxpayer subsidies will amount to more than the difference in pay. In simpler terms, people will be discouraged from staying in jobs that they've chosen because they'll be paid more to be unemployed or underemployed. In the end, there will be a growing population of Americans who will receive a larger amount of public benefits provided by a shrinking share of working Americans. Job lock itself is a different problem. Instead of effectively paying people to work less, as Obamacare does, conservative proposals would end federal preferences for employer-based insurance, allowing Americans to take insurance with them from job to job. People would not be stuck with a specific employer because they want to stay insured. See the difference? Conservative health policy heavyweights like James Capretta and Tom Miller have repeatedly argued for a movement of what they call portable insurance. The tax code ties gives those with employer-based coverage a break, making it harder for Americans to switch jobs as they please. So, the conservative idea of allowing insurance companies to compete across state lines and allowing portability, that is something that does end job lock, as they want to call it, but doesn't require you to uh, give up work in order to maintain some level of sensibility. If households, rather than firms, choose and control their own insurance plans, people would no longer face the risk that come with changing coverage based on a new employment arrangement. Now, the so-called heavyweights in the conservative 
think tank also wrote just after Obamacare was passed back in 2010 quote by carrying the same insurance plan from one job to the next or even through periods with no job at all individuals would keep their coverage even as their health status changed now McCain's 2008 presidential campaign also floated the idea of equalizing tax treatment for employer-based health insurance as Pelosi recalled however McCain's version extended equal tax breaks to those with health coverage that isn't tied to an employer his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician but with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account your goal of supporting his dreams thanks for everything mom and dad will always be worth it Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Other proposals could end tax breaks altogether. Obama opposed those proposals, saying Senator McCain would pay for his plan in part by taxing your health care benefits for the first time in history. See, the worst part of this is the fact that not only is Nancy, Mimi, Pelosi, and other top dog Democrats out there trying to spin this as a good thing, but there are Americans out there that are buying this spin. This is something that they want to hear. It's something they want to have happen. Why? Because... There are a growing number of people that honestly believe that they shouldn't have to work for a living. Their living is owed to them. This is the United States of America. The pursuit of their happiness should be made a right. And how could I pursue my happiness of sitting in front of the Xbox and eating Cheetos if I have to go to work? How am I supposed to pursue my happiness of taking my three-year-old to the park if I have to go to a job so that I can afford the gas to drive him to the park? Life's about choices, boys and girls. You live with the consequences of yours. You can choose to get the type of education or training that leads you to a better job where you can make better money. Or you choose not to pursue those things and well, then you end up with jobs that will pay you little more than minimum wage. You will still get more than minimum wage if you stay at the job long enough. Unless you choose to be a waitress at a full-service restaurant in which case you will be paid somewhere around two dollars and fifty cents an hour but even then you can choose to work the busier nights it's a little more hectic a little harder on you but if you do a really good job you get tipped better and you can do far better than what minimum wage and even above minimum wage workers are going to make in the same amount of time if you really clean up in tips. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Or you can refuse to work the busier nights, only working the slower nights so that there are fewer tips and usually smaller ones to boot. And then wonder why you don't have enough money to keep your lights and phone turned on. It's about choices. Life isn't supposed to be easy. It's not. You're supposed to face challenges. You're supposed to face adversity. And you're supposed to be able to develop character and integrity and individual personal strength so that you can make your way through. You're supposed to toughen up and you're supposed to make your way. You make your choices. You make a bad one. Everybody does. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. And yes, sometimes they're really big ones and it's going to make it even harder for you. But it was still your choice. It was your mistake. Learn from it. Don't do it again. Get better. Get stronger. Keep working. Hard to do, though, when you have the federal government trying to convince you that you're better off if you don't work. They want to spend numbers about how actually... It improves the unemployment numbers. I heard that argument earlier today. And of course, it does. Because the longer this condition exists, the more people you have that have been on the roll so long that they do eventually get kicked off so that they no longer count as unemployed. It's not about creating jobs or creating opportunity or helping you. It's about controlling you. You only have to listen to how these people are actually talking to understand that. It's not a case anymore of just listening to what they say and how they say it. It's listening to what they say and what they say, what does it mean? Oh, this is a great thing because it frees you up to follow your dreams. Nancy, Mimi, Pelosi has been saying that for better than a year now. The time that they knew jobs were going to start being lost. In fact, it's been almost a year now, I suppose, since certain companies went ahead and started making changes to their labor force. Reducing full-time employees to part-time Releasing full-time employees to get their numbers below the threshold to have to comply with the employer mandate. Even though the employer mandate was illegally pushed back. These companies actually were very smart. Because what happens if after the midterm election suddenly they decided that, yeah, you know what, that whole pushing the employer mandate thing back... That really was unconstitutional. So, for those of you that didn't comply, at that point in time, retroactively, you're going to have to pay us a fine. So, for the companies that covered their bases, they actually were the smart ones here. 
In fact, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that didn't happen not too long after the midterms as a way of giving that one final last thrust in the screw job of America that is Obamacare. The Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act probably the worst named bill ever because it is the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be. It doesn't protect patients in any manner. The budget office numbers also put out the fact that we have just as many uninsured Americans as we did before the law. So it didn't change anything. It only served to make things worse. Part of the buzz going on today was about this uh, video conference call. This one particular fry cook working at minimum wage. He said he's a minimum wage. I'd say he's probably just making something close to minimum wage. They talked about how his job got reduced part-time. So he's getting fewer hours. He wasn't able to uh, meet the bills anymore. And it was all because of Obamacare. And he wanted an answer. And what was Obama's response? Well, it's the Republicans' fault, of course, because they won't raise minimum wage. There's, it's, it's not the fault of Obamacare. It's not the fault of his failure to have vision, his failure to understand the policies that he's promoting it has nothing to do with his ineffectiveness as a leader. It has nothing to do with the fact that he is completely and totally out of his depth. It's the Republicans' fault. It's Bush's fault. And oh yeah, you're a racist. I mean, that is the fallback position, isn't it? I mean, that's just about the only thing I, I post anymore with. It has anything to do with a news story that clearly illustrates the failure of an Obama policy. All I state for myself as I'm sharing these posts is it's Bush's fault and I'm a racist. I mean, at some point that just loses all of its power, doesn't it? There is nothing left on the table that's still Bush's fault. Nothing. I don't care how much y'all want to bellyache and whine about it. Because if you still want to talk about lingering effects, we can go back. We can talk about lingering effects from the Clinton administration. We can go back and talk about lingering effects from the elder Bush's administration. We can go back and talk about lingering effects from the Carter administration. I mean, there are still things going on. The economic collapse that we faced in 2008 started under the Carter administration. The things that led to it documented. The road to that collapse started under Carter. Was delayed under Reagan. Could have been stopped completely if the Reagan changes had been left in place. But it's pointless to go down that road. The bottom line is... Everything's always somebody else's fault. And he doesn't have a straight answer for you, America. He's never going to have a straight answer. Because if he ever steps up and tells you the truth, then not only will you never vote for him or anyone in his party again, you'll probably want to string up 
a whole bunch of them. I'm sure everybody remembers the uh, salsa commercial. That there's the fella that gets his salsa from New York City. New York City? Get a rope. Well, that there's that politician that intentionally tried to socialize our medicine and the whole time lied to us, telling us we could keep our doctors and we could keep our policies and we could uh, have sunshines and uh, we would have uh, magical elves bringing us cookies, riding unicorns uh, across rainbows and all that wonderful stuff. And yeah, we, we knew he was just talking. But while we thought he believed it, well, we were okay with that. Because at least we thought he believed it. Once we knew he was lying, well, that's a different story. Once we know he was lying, well, that should be the end of it. Something else that's noteworthy in the news and really need to get out and talk about it a little bit. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee. I mean, she has got to be one of the most ridiculous figures in our federal government. She's Democratic Republican. Uh, Democratic Republican. Democratic representative from the state of Texas. She's notorious for having said things like she would. Uh, federalize the oil companies in a second. She's all about federalizing some oil companies. Yeah, she actually said it like that. She uh, now has decided that she, along with the rest of the uh, Congressional Black Caucus, uh, they're going to get in the business of writing executive orders. I think she's missing the whole point of what an executive order is. But, uh, you know, let's face facts. She is far from the first member of Congress that doesn't understand their role in the government. Here's the deal. Basically, that she said that the new Congressional Full Employment Caucus will, quote, give President Obama a number of executive orders that he can sign. Jackson Lee also added that writing up executive orders, quote, should be our number one agenda. Does anybody else, I've got to stop right there, I'm sorry. Does anybody else find it even a little bit disconcerting that a lot of Democratic congressmen in the House and the Senate right now seem to be all for conceding their role in government. She literally said that instead of writing legislation and trying to pass laws and getting the president to sign it, that the number one agenda for the Congress now should be to write up executive orders. I don't know if this is just pure stupidity on her part, which is certainly possible. She's 
She's one of the few people in Congress that makes Uncle Joe look like a Jeopardy master champion. But I also can't tell if this is still part of the agenda to try and push us away from a republic altogether and just go ahead and crown Barack Emperor. We're well on our way to becoming uh, a full-fledged banana republic. I know I'm not the first person to say that. Some folks have been calling it for a while now. But look at this. It's true. I can't tell which this is, though. I mean, she's so convincing. She means this stuff whenever she says it. She's all about communism. She's all about socialism. She's all about collectivism. And now, evidently, she's all about the Congressional Full Employment Caucus writing executive orders instead of trying to write legislation and get it through committee and get it to the floor and get it voted on. You know, what Congress is supposed to do. No, no, no. Our number one agenda should be writing executive orders that the president can just sign. She went on to say, quote, we will be answering the call of all of America because people need work and we're not doing right by them by creating work. Now, I think what she meant is that they should be creating work. But the way that actually reads and the way she actually said it, because I heard her say it. You know, I heard a replay. It sounds like she's saying that we're not doing right by them by creating work. So it sounds like she's saying that creating work would not be doing right by Americans, even though the American people need work. Even though Obamacare is going to encourage them not to work. Even though they don't give a rat's backside whether you have a job or not as long as they keep collecting their paychecks and hopefully, if re-elected enough times, their pensions. That's all they care about. Anyway, she went on to say, quote, I believe this caucus will put us on the right path and we'll give President Obama a number of executive orders that he can sign with pride and strength. Now this, of course, was during a press conference back on January 29th that she said this, just in case you're concerned about when this took place. But, uh, this was the event where she and some fellow Democrats launched the Full Employment Caucus, whatever this caucus is supposed to be about. I promise you it has nothing to do with full employment. Anyway, Miss Jackson Lee continues. Quote, In fact, I think that should our that should be our number one agenda let's write up these executive orders draft them of course and ask the president to stand with us on full employment 
Now, the Full Employment Caucus, a new job-oriented working group, was created by Democrats, including Representative John Conyers Jr., Representative Maxine Waters, another just brilliant representative of the people, Representative Charles I'm always in trouble with the Ethics Committee wrangle. Representative Frederica Wilson. Representative Barbara Lee. Representative Jose Serrano. Representative Mike Quigley. And, of course, Miss Jackson Lee. This is significant because it is another blatant call for ignoring the Constitution. Another blatant call for Democrats to say, hey, Barack is not our president. He is our emperor. It's another blatant call to ignore everything that our founders put in place to try and protect our individual liberties. This is a big deal. Not because we have a Democrat saying it, but because we have a lot of Democrats coming out and saying a similar thing. But this, again, is so open, it's so blatant, it is another obvious attempt to try and convince us, the American people, that it's okay. You know, if Congress isn't passing laws, then... The president can just do it himself. That's fine. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Get used to it. Let us do it enough that you don't question it anymore. Because once we start doing it, well, there's just no stopping us. Once the precedent has been made, well then, that's the precedent. Sheila Jackson Lee, Maxine Waters, Charlie Rangel, they've all promoted openly communist ideas before. This notion of full employment concerns me because what's their definition? What eventually does a government work program evolve into? Especially a government that's pushing and making mandatory laws that take you out of the private sector because they can't afford to pay for your insurance. And, of course, neither can you. Seems rather dangerous. Going to take one last break, and then when we get back, we will close up the show for tonight. Want to thank everybody for being with us tonight, at least so far. And please, for one last time, stay with us. I'll be right back. Just wishing I could be there somehow. 
Tap into the truth. Check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog posts and for links to all of our past broadcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. That's Tap Into The Truth right here on Spreaker Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for staying with us. Definitely want to encourage everyone to please check out TappIntoTheTruth.com. Send me a message. Let me know any ideas you have for upcoming show topics. Let me know if you are a candidate running for political office and would like to be on the show on the Sunday version of the show for a blog talk. Uh, Definitely looking to make scheduling uh, for upcoming shows. Plenty of time available, and for candidates, I do permit up to an hour uninterrupted, uh, other than, of course, the questions I have to ask, uh, so that you have a fair opportunity to put out your message. I'll let you give your side of whatever controversies may have popped up, your feelings on legislation that you would like to directly uh, discuss. You know, it's, it's an opportunity for you to say what you have to say. And I don't get after you. You know, I'm not going to ask you a whole lot of tough questions for that particular issue. If you come on more than once, I might come at you a little bit with some questions, questions. But for the main part, I think it's important that every candidate have an opportunity to tell their message, to get it out there the way they want to frame it, so that you can hear it. And... Then it's up to you to discern, because I still want you to do your part, which is the homework, the use-your-brain part. Before going any further, I would like to remind everybody that the music you hear during the bumper portions and then on the sign-off at the end of the show, uh, provided via Magnatune. So it's all licensed, all podcast-safe. If you're looking for music for your podcast, you might want to check out Magnatune. I, I don't get any kickbacks from it. I don't ask you to go to my page and press a link and go to it. Just recommend it because I like the idea of helping independent artists, which is what Magnatune has. Also, quick reminder, if you like the show but would rather hear it on your time, you can find the podcast not only here or over Blog Talk on the show pages, which of course you can, but we also have links to past shows at tapintothetruth.com. You can also find the podcast at stitcher.com and at iTunes and at tunein.com. The Stitcher and iTunes availability, both shows, Spreaker and Blog Talk, are available, but they're at separate shows. So you'd have to search for them differently. Uh, in both cases, uh, you can find them simply by 
looking for Tap into the Truth. Uh, at Stitcher, you can search and when you type the name Tap, leave quotations off of it, it will take you to one version of the show. Put quotations around Tap, it takes you to the other version of the show. And either rate, you still can find both of them, and you are welcome and encouraged, of course, to check it out and listen. And by the way, if you haven't uh, checked out uh, Stitcher, I highly recommend that you do. I mean, iTunes, uh, iTunes is great, and a lot of folks are heavily into it. If you have the Apple software, no better way to go as far as consuming the podcast. Uh, tune in. Uh, has its advantages. I personally think that Stitcher.com is a little more user-friendly, and the fact that it's a lot easier to download the app to your phone, and the phone app is a lot more user-friendly. A lot of great shows available on both of them as well. In fact, uh, Stitcher just had their awards for all their content providers. Uh, my show actually was nominated, by the way. I didn't receive anywhere near enough votes, however, to be a finalist. Uh, but uh, it was kind of nice to be nominated. I didn't promote the nomination process or uh, try to get people to go vote because I thought it would probably be even more embarrassing uh, the numbers probably wouldn't have went up by a whole lot, I don't imagine. But, uh, you know, it is interesting in so much as they had their big award show. They had 18 different categories. And the fact that there were 18 different categories tells you that the different level of radio podcasting that is going on over there. They have podcasts of terrestrial radio. They have podcasts that are strictly from podcasters. They have podcasts that are the result of live air broadcasts from folks that do things like here at Spreaker, Blog Talk, uh, Podomatic. Uh, there are others as well. You know, If you're into doing this, then you're probably familiar enough that I don't have to go down a list. If you're not into this, then those are some areas you might want to look at if you ever think about getting into this. Long and short, though, is last year, overall ratings for online radio surpassed terrestrial radio. Now, the terrestrial radio folks, of course, claim that uh, terrestrial radio being broadcast online counted as a big part of that. So, if you were to remove it or take their portion of that number and reapply it to them and take it away from the other shows, then it still doesn't do it. But, and they may have a point to a degree. But if you're listening to a podcast, you're not listening to terrestrial radio. Terrestrial radio is on their schedule. Podcasting is on your schedule. And it's that level of convenience that really makes a difference. And, you know, it's bringing a new level of viability to folks that are legitimately trying to do quality shows that reaches a specific niche market. <coughs> Excuse me. I still can't seem to get rid of this cough completely for whatever reason. 
The bottom line is there's a lot of self-promotion that goes on amongst these folks, but there's a lot of great, great shows that if you're listening to just terrestrial radio, you're missing out. So I highly recommend you check out uh, Stitcher. I highly recommend you check out other shows right here on Spreaker. There's comedy, there's politics, there's music, there is anything that you can find on terrestrial radio, you'll find it here too by folks that are living the life of what they're talking about. A lot of great stuff and a lot of great content. I mean, there is stuff that you're just you're just not going to get it from terrestrial radio. I fully expect another three to five years with the route that things are going right now, with the connections and the technology that's being pushed uh, by both Spreaker and Blog Talk that I know for a fact that they're working on. You may very well see terrestrial radio start to disappear, except in the very largest of markets, being replaced by folks that are broadcasting out of their house over the Internet and doing just as good a job, if not better in some cases, than anything that you're hearing on terrestrial radio. Granted, you're not getting that from me right now. I, I really do need to put some more time in... Uh, upgrading the show. Right now, though, between family commitments and my father still being ill and still doing the 60-plus-hour-a-week management job outside of pursuing the show, it's really hard for me to squeeze out enough time, especially during basketball season. My youngest still playing basketball. Just have to squeeze out the time to get in here and re-record the promo spots, which I've been talking about the promo spot on here ever since I realized Spreaker Radio? Uh, That's not accurate, I should just say, right here at Spreaker and leave it at that. Uh, Honestly, I need to go ahead and do some neutral promotions. Need to get some new stuff and maybe even redo the intro bit, although I do love my intro. I hope you guys like the intro, too. Uh, Looking for feedback. And if anybody wants to help out with recordings for personalized bumper music or anything like that, I would love to hear suggestions as long as you're serious about trying to be helpful. No wise guy sending some insulting crap. I don't need that. I get enough of that. Insult me on, for my opinions. Don't insult me over trying to improve the show. And, uh, definitely would like to take the show to a higher level and give a better production value and a higher quality show for the folks that are kind enough to listen. Because I do appreciate it, and I want to make sure I'm clear on that. First and foremost, I greatly appreciate each and every one of you that takes the time to listen to the show that participates in the chat room and also on Sundays takes the time to call in even if you are just one of the wisecracks and sadly I get a little of that on the slower Sundays seems like Super Bowl Sunday in particular as I was broadcasting the chat room was dead 
nobody called in except this one guy calling in via Skype that was just playing around. But at least it was good humor. Wasn't venomous and attacking and mean-spirited. It was just good-humored fun. But <laughs> had nothing to do with the show. But and every now and then, that's all right, too. But <sighs> Days like Super Bowl Sunday? I suppose you should expect it. Anyway, I, I hope I'm not boring you half as much as I feel like I probably am right now. Because you know, that's no way to really say thank you. Here, let me be boring for half an hour. No. Let's go ahead and close things out, shall we? Here's the big deal. The closing thoughts I want to leave you with tonight. This uh, spin job that's going on from the Democrats in regards to Obamacare and what it means for the job numbers, even though it's been made clear that it's obvious right now, no more people are going to be insured than there were before Obamacare went in place. They're going to try and convince you that that's a good thing. Please, please, do not let them convince you that somehow that really is a good thing. For more jobs to disappear when the economy is already in the crapper, that's a bad thing. No one can ever pay you that magical $15 an hour for putting a hamburger bun on a... putting a patty of meat on a hamburger bun if all the jobs are going away. I, for one, would like to point out that when you break down the salaries of most of our military for the hours that they put in, most of them are actually getting paid well below minimum wage. And they do a hard job. One that's worthy of our praise and our appreciation. If anybody deserves $15 an hour or better, that'd be them. Our active duty military out on the front lines and getting little to no support when they come back. Our veterans are up against it. They're getting no support. They're being silenced. They're having their rights to bear arms taken from them. Thank goodness for the United States Justice Foundation and people like Michael Conley who are fighting to try and protect the rights of our veterans. They're also in the process of fighting to protect our Constitution. And our Constitution is vital for maintaining your individual liberty. I don't care if you understand it. You need to understand the part where your freedom is in jeopardy. Sheila Jackson Lee continues to demonstrate like a lot of other Democrats in Congress the real threat of a socialist agenda that's being pushed on the American people. 
response has to be firm and in a single voice, no, we are not a socialist nation. We are not a communist nation. We will not live under collectivism. We will not accept you assuming control over our lives. You are there to represent us, not to push your own agenda. And while there may be a good number of Americans that are low information, that are apolitical, that simply vote for the folks in the D column because their mommy and daddy told them that's how they should vote or because their friends and neighbors tell them that's how they should vote or because their husband or wife says this is how we vote take a look at the policies take a look at the real ideology take a look at the party that voted to take the name of God out of their platform not making that up. It's not slander. They did that at the last national convention. They did it. They were proud of it then. Some of these people are now coming out openly saying, yes, we're communists. It's not bad. We can do it here and it'll work. That's a lie, by the way. And they know it's a lie. But it's one they think that you'll believe. Do not let people like Sheila Jackson Lee, Maxine Waters, Mimi Pelosi, Harry Reid in the Senate, don't let people like that, Chucky Schumer, Dick Durbin. Don't let people like that convince you that it's a good thing that you're losing your job because of Obamacare. Don't let people like that convince you that it's a good thing that the president is writing executive orders instead of the Congress passing laws. Don't let them convince you that it's a good thing to shred the Constitution into tiny pieces and use it to wipe your bum. Because all of those things are bad. How so, you may ask? With each new power assumed by the government, there was another new and intrusive level of control over your personal life your ability to make choices for yourself. You should embrace failure as part of life. It's not pleasant, but it is part of life. You should embrace it because you have the opportunity to fail, and hopefully you learn from it, and then you will have the opportunity to try again. Better for having failed. Stronger for having picked yourself up wiser for having seen what not to do. The promises of equal results are false. They are just promises to get you to give up too much of your own personal sovereignty to the point that you will not have the ability to claim it back. We're living in dark 
that are getting darker. We still have time to turn back the page. We still have time to keep the slide from being complete. I will not set back quietly and accept it. I pray that you won't either. Push back. Whether it is completely inundating our representative's office with phone calls and emails and getting every friend and neighbor and family member to do the same, or if it's getting our states to get together and have a convention of states for... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry again. A convention of states for putting new restraints on the federal government. Whatever it's going to take. I know some folks are worried about a runaway convention. I don't think we'd have to worry about that. I really don't. But I still don't think it's absolutely necessary yet to take that step. I think we still can push it back <clears throat> via Congress. But it's going to take every one of you understanding the value of the Constitution. Understanding why we need constitutional limitations on the government and to ensure the continued blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity. we don't take those steps, if we don't stand up, if we don't start carrying the flame of liberty, burning it brightly in our hearts, burning it brightly through our words and through our actions, and teaching our next generation what the schools and what the government doesn't want them to know, then liberty will be lost. It's up to us. If you're some 60s hippie liberal that's always been concerned about Big Brother, tell me Big Brother's not as bad now as it's ever been. NSA collecting data on everyone, regardless of whether or not there's ever even been a suspicion of a crime? That's Big Brother, man. That's Big Brother, man. They're into everything. They've got to. On record, man. They've got to file. Don't let it be okay just because there's a D after the guy's name. That was Richard Nixon. You would be in the streets. When it was George W. starting down this path, you were in the streets. Stand up. Be heard. Stand with other Americans, regardless of what skin tone, regardless of what origin, nationality, regardless of what religion, regardless of their political leanings, stand up against a tyrannical, overreaching government. Vocally. Verbally. 
take back your sovereign power. Make sure your elected representatives are doing the job of representing you. For those of you in Texas, tell me which of you are being truly represented by Sheila Jackson Lee when she says it should be their number one priority to draft executive orders. That's actually more asinine than Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she said she no longer believed the Constitution to be a relevant document in modern times. A Supreme Court justice, her job is to make sure that the Constitution is being properly applied by law. If laws that are passed by Congress and signed by the President meet the qualifications of being constitutional, She says the Constitution is no longer a relevant document. That's pretty asinine. That's like saying, there's no reason for me to be here. My job is to apply the Constitution. But the Constitution is not relevant. So I'm not relevant. Only I think she missed that part of what she was saying. I wonder... If Miss Jackson Lee misses that part in what she's saying, our number one priority should be drafting executive orders. I, hello, I'm a congressman. I should be drafting legislation. But you know what? That's boring. I'm a representative. And as a representative in the House of Representatives, which is currently controlled by the other party, I can draft all the legislation I want. It's not going anywhere. I don't like that. So let's draft executive orders instead. Let's bypass the rest of the representatives here in the House of Representatives. Let's bypass the will of the people. Let's bypass the Constitution. And let's help his royal regency, the occupier of the White House, to push the agenda. Let's have the official coronation. That's what we should do. Right? Right? That's what was being said. She didn't say it in those words. But this is another one of those use your brain moments. I'm not taking anything she's saying out of context. I read to you what she said. You have to understand what it means. If you understand what she's saying, then I don't understand how any of you could disagree with me. And I know some of you are going to hear this, and you will. And that's fine. But I'm seriously asking, if you really understand what she's saying here, how can you disagree? Again, if you live in Texas, especially if you're in Representative Sheila Jackson Lee's district, please send me a message. Go to tapintothetruth.com. Down near the bottom of the homepage, you can either send me a direct email or you can just send a message filling out the little information. And let me know, does statements like that, does that represent you? That's a poll, a, a legitimate poll I want to conduct right now. Please, if you are from her district, does that really represent you and your values. Do you believe 
that the number one priority of your elected representatives should be not to do their job of drafting legislation, but to aid the president in becoming an emperor. I look forward to your comments. And that's going to have to be it for tonight. I want to thank again everybody who listened in, especially those of you who listened all the way through. The show lasted a bit longer than I expected, but sometimes it's hard to stop once you get going. Again, one last time, please, DMX, don't do this. Just don't. This is bad for race relations. This is bad for... This is bad for your image, quite honestly. I mean, I know you think it's going to help now, and, and immediately it probably will a little bit. But ultimately, what happens if this guy gets a lucky punch in? Have you have you even considered that as a possibility? Because you should always go into any type of conflict like that, understanding that even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, okay? One lucky shot from out of nowhere... That could ruin you. Really could. I'm not predicting that's what's going to happen. I've already told you. If this thing actually goes to a fight, unless George has done some phenomenal training, I really think that uh, DMX probably wins this fight uh, in dominating style. But... (coughs) Especially if he follows through with his promise to break every rule in boxing. But... uh, this, is, this still only serves to help George Zimmerman. So if your goal is to try to hurt him, you hurt him more by ignoring him. But I ask you to do this not because I point that out to you, hoping maybe that'll sway you because I don't think the other argument will. But the real reason why I want you to drop out and oh, nobody else step in because this is just bad. This is bad for race relations. This doesn't serve justice in any way. It doesn't do anyone any good, except maybe it helps George Zimmerman get a payday. And I'm not willing to risk an attempt at bringing some level of unity back between communities just so George Zimmerman can make some money. And more along the lines, some promoter who will undoubtedly make more of that money. This is not a good reason to have a boxing match. So there, that's that's it on that topic. Uh, as far as Sheila Jackson Lee, she herself is a, a moron. She's proven it time and time again. Uh, she's one of the few people who makes Uncle Joe look like a brainiac. Uh, definitely makes uh, Mimi Pelosi look like one of the most intelligent members of the house but still she does manage to get elected so somebody in Texas must like her I don't get it so that's going to be it for tonight thank you I've already said that but it's getting late Regardless, there's just a lot of things to think about as far as all these issues are concerned. So again, please go to tapintothetruth.com, uh, 
check out the Facebook page. Uh, would appreciate it if you liked the Facebook page. Uh, would love it if you followed me on Twitter. And, uh, of course, we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. This is Tim Tapp signing off. But remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Take a little time. Do your own research. Use your brain. And always be prepared to put in at least a little bit of effort if you really want to tap into the truth. That's it for tonight. Good night, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. And remember, we will be back again soon. And check us out on Sunday. Uh, Michael Conley is not on this Sunday, but we'll be back on in March. He'll be coming back on. And in the meanwhile, I'm still working to try and line up some other guests. So if you're a candidate for a political office and would like some airtime, and you're available on Sundays around 3 o'clock, let me know. You can contact me. And I would love to get you scheduled and give you an opportunity to get your message out. Outside of that, well, that's it. Good night, everybody. Say all I need to say With the time left Counting down